Good morning. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. You are a big deal. Yeah, you are a big deal. You know, mothers are givers by nature, but the greatest gift that moms can give their kids is their faith. And I have a mom of a great faith. And I'm not going to do this the whole message. <laughs> That's the plan. Um, I had a mom of great faith. And because I had a mom of great faith, we grew up experiencing so many beautiful miracle moments in our family. And today, I want to share some of those with you, um, just in celebration of moms and what God has done in my family and my life. You know, you don't have to be a miracle-believing mother to become one. My mom actually did not grow up in a Christian home having known the Lord. Like they went to church on Easter and Christmas, but she did not grow up in a miracle believing home, but yet God got a hold of her. Thank you, Jesus, and changed her life. And because of that, I believe that's why I'm here today. But like I mentioned, you don't have to have a miracle believing mom to become one. You can let God transform you like my mom did. I had a miracle-believing mother. I am a miracle-believing mother. And today I'm going to use the story of a miracle-believing mother from the Bible. But I want to cast the net a bit wider. It is Mother's Day. But this message is not just for the moms. It's for the dads. It's for the sons and daughters. It's for you to step out. This is a call for you to step out into your next miracle moment. Amen? Yeah, I love miracle moments. If you will, stand with me in honor of the word. We're going to read together John 2, 1 through 11. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee, and Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. And when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to come. We just thank you for your word, God. I just pray, Lord, that you would just continue on in this service as you already have. Fill us with your presence, Holy Spirit. Just speak to our hearts. Help us to have eyes to see ears to hear, and a heart that wants to do all that you ask of us, God. We thank you for this sweet time together. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. You know, moms have a way of making you do what you don't want to do. 
Yes. Yep. Some of you are sitting here today because a mom. You wouldn't normally be sitting here. Right? I got my first job because of my mom. I wanted to start working, but I didn't want to go ask for an application. I would prefer my mom go ask for an application for me. But she didn't want to. And she decided that she was going to force me to do that. I was 16. And I cried. Like, I cried. I am not going in there. She said, well, we're I've got all day. She's just going to sit and hang out in the parking lot with me, which I did not want to do. So I cried. She demanded. And I came out smiling because I got the job on the spot. So moms, moms know how to make things happen. Amen, ladies? Yes. And who prompted Jesus into his first miracle moment? His mom. His mom. You know, Jesus' supernatural ministry began because of his mom. They were at a wedding. Jesus had not performed any public miracles yet. And he turned water into wine at the request of his mom. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, ushered in the Messiah. Have you ever thought about that? Turning water into wine was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory. So there are four things that we can learn from Mary about stepping into miracle moments. And the first one is that proximity matters. Mary was there at the wedding. She was close by to Jesus. The stage was being set for a miracle, and the text makes sure that we understand that. You have to position yourself for a miracle. You have to be where Jesus is. Be in the place where miracles happen. I was remembering all the miracle moments from my childhood. I think Michaela spurred this on a couple weeks ago. She texted us several times. I don't know, maybe she's missing us or something, but her text went something like this. Do you realize all the things that God has done in you guys and what he has brought you out of? <laughs> I'm reading this and I'm like, what? And she's like, I'm so glad you're my parents. And I was just like, oh, and, and then we get another text later, and she's like, no, seriously, have you thought about where God has brought you from, what he has done, all the breakthroughs in your life, like all the things that you have been able to battle with the Lord and win? And she just, you know, was going on and on. And so I started thinking about all the different things that God has done all the way from my childhood. And, and like I mentioned, I want to share some of that today. Proximity matters. You know, the, the thing that I kept seeing when I thought back to all the things that God had done for me, I kept getting a picture of the altar. As a child, I spent so much time at the altar. And the Lord just kept bringing that to my remembrance over and over and over again. And there's so many natural things that I could share that God has done, right, in the natural that we can see. But I felt like God was like, Carrie, I don't know if you really realize the significance of your time at the altar as a child, like what was actually taking place in your heart, what I was doing that you couldn't even see because you were close to where I was. And I thought, wow, yeah, that's so powerful. There's so many things in the supernatural that we don't see. And I just want God to give us eyes to be able to see those things 
much clearer. So I'm grateful for the altar today. I'm so grateful. You know, when you get close to Jesus, you can't help but be transformed. You can't be in his presence and not be transformed by him. The second thing we can learn from Mary is to look for the opportunities around you. I love the saying, if there's a need and it's within your capacity to meet it, the answer is always yes. Verse 3 tells us that the wine was gone. And who noticed? Mom. If we want God to use us in the miraculous, we have to look for where the miracles are needed. You, you might be saying, well, yeah, but I wait till God tells me. Like, I don't want to just step out there unless I know that I know that I know that it's God. And I'll be the first to say that I love it when he makes it so obvious. Like, I've, like the times that he has very clearly showed me what he wants me to do, it's like I have tunnel vision. I can't, I have tunnel vision with, with my eyesight, tunnel vision with my hearing. Like, I... I can't hear anything else. I can't see anything else. God's like, go. And I'm like, wait. And he's like, go. And, and that's what it feels like to me. Like, it just feels like so much pressure. And I find myself wanting to negotiate. I find myself wanting to say, is it really you, God? He's like, go. Like, you know, how, how it's so obvious. I, I love those moments and hate them all at the same time. Because, like, I, re I really feel like I can't function until I do what he's asked. And then when you don't do what he's asked, oh, my gosh. Like, I can't even live with myself. I just want to go to heaven and be done with it. I'm like, I'm a failure. Just take me now, God. You know, that's how you feel. You just feel almost devastated that you didn't do what he asked, right? So I love those moments, but that's not always the case. That's not always how it works. He just wants us to be aware sometimes of the opportunities to see them and meet those needs, you know, and, and you're saying, well, I'm waiting for God to show me, but you know what? He's already done that in his word. Matthew 10, one, five and seven through eight says he called the 12 disciples to him. He gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. These 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them saying, as you go, preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Anybody feel overwhelmed right now? Just a little bit? I mean, how many of you have done that this week? Seriously. Freely you have received, freely give. That instruction is the same for you and I today. That is the same. But before you feel too much pressure because you haven't raised the dead this week, I want you to know that really what he's asking of us is to love people. The goal is to love them and allow the Holy Spirit to flow out of you into a situation. If you're doing that, you're doing his will. The outcome is not up to you. The outcome is not up to me. It's all up to him. And you know, whether I raise somebody from the dead or not, I'm going to continue to pray for people. Whether I see healing or not, I'm going to continue to pray for people. And one of my goals is to pray for as many people as I can because I know the more people I pray for, the more miracles I'm going to encounter. The third thing that we can learn from Mary is to pursue the supernatural solution first. Mary went right to the one who could take care of the problem. 
She didn't try to fix it on her own. She didn't try to gather other people around to take care of the situation. She went right to the source, right to Jesus, the one that could take care of the problem. How often is Jesus or prayer our last resort? It should be the first thing we run after. You know, when the doctor gives you a bad report, don't just take his word for it. Don't just accept it's all doom and gloom. Your life is over. You know, I know that it can be shocking at first, right? But go to God. Ask Holy Spirit. This is what the doctor's saying. What are you saying to me, God? What do you say about this? Because he has the ultimate say. And if it's your time, it's your time. But if it's not, he's going to heal you. And he might heal you on the spot. Or he might tell you to eat a plant that's going to help you. He might. You know, he actually, he actually did just that um, in, in regards to my mom. My mom had this um, condition in her fingers, like for 20 years, where her fingernails were bowing up, and it just looked terrible. And she used to have beautiful, beautiful nails, beautiful fingers. And she had gone to doctor after doctor. They had put acid on her fingers to try to kill it. They had talked about cancer. Um, treatments, even though it wasn't cancer, they had done biopsies. I couldn't figure out what it was. And so I got on the internet cause I'm like, somebody in this world has this condition and there's a solution. And I looked for hours and then I prayed and I was like, God, show me, you can lead me to the answer for this. And I just really believed that he was going to show me. And I thought, you know, we always think we know how it's going to work, right? And I thought, he's going to help me find someone that has had this and knows what the treatment is. And I never could find anything. And I just, you know, had prayed about it, went about my, my time. I don't know how much time transpired after that, but I'd gotten into plants and learning uh, their medicinal value and all of that. And I had made some oils and some salves and things like that. And I really felt like the Holy Spirit one day said, Carrie, take that oil or that salve that you made and have your mom try it on her fingers. Y'all, she had this condition for like 20 years. And I was like, oh, okay. Cause I had this really powerful plant that I'd fallen in love with that I was making these these oils and, and, um, salves from. And so I called her and I said, mom, just put this on your fingers like every morning and every night. It's not going to hurt anything. It's all natural. And let's just see what happens. And we prayed about it. And would you know, within a few days, her fingers were clearing up, completely clearing up. So yeah, God might heal you on the spot, but he just might give you a different solution. And so ask him because he will show you, he will show you. Pursue the supernatural first. The next thing we can learn from Mary is that we need to activate faith and persevere. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Talk about faith. She was so confident that Jesus had the solution that she went to other people, got them involved, and said, carry out any request he tells you. And when you look at the many times that Jesus healed someone in the Bible, he seemed most moved by their faith and their belief in him and the power that he had to heal. He was most moved by their belief in him. You know, you can, you can look at healing after healing after healing. The great, the centurion that he said had great faith. The centurion said, you don't have to come to my house to heal my servant. You can just say the word. And Jesus was like, wow, what faith. 
And then the bed carriers that lowered um, their paralytic friend into the home through the roof where Jesus was because there was no way to get in. Again, Jesus was like, wow, what great faith. And he healed both of these instances. And then, it, and then the, the lady with the issue of blood who pushed through the crowd just so she could touch just a little part of his clothing. And Jesus said, who touched me? It wasn't because he was alarmed by that. It's because he felt her faith in believing in him. And, and there again, Jesus healed her. He is moved by our faith. And when we truly believe in him, signs, wonders, and miracles will follow. You know, my mom, I said, had great faith, but there was a season where she took this a bit too far. Some of you that have been in the Christian world for a long time, you, you know, the claim it, name it season where, you know, you call everything that is not as though it is. It's still with us. Okay. It's still with us. Well, it's not exactly, um, used in the right context. If you really look, look, look at that, you know, we are supposed to, eh, I won't get into all of that, but let's just say you can take it too far. And I'm going to explain, I'm going to explain how you can take it too far. My mom, um, you know, when, when we were growing up, we didn't have a lot of food and we didn't have a lot of money and, and we really struggled financially. And we were sitting around the table eating breakfast. And one of my sisters was like, mom, the milk's bad. And we were, we were eating cereal and, um, my mom snapped and said, no, it's not. I prayed over it. It's fine. Just, just eat it. <laughs> and we were like, you know, and it's like, what kind of faith is this? You know, I, I don't know, but, um, she didn't actually make us eat it after all, just so you know, but, um, God can take bad milk and turn it into good milk. But if he doesn't, I'm not going to expect you to drink it. And I'm not going to drink it. It's not going to happen. But, yeah, just some funny instances. I, I remember I had a really, really bad crooked teeth. And in that season as well, my mom had prayed over my teeth, and she refused to let me say anything about my crooked teeth. I could not tell anybody. I was probably in third, fourth grade. And I went to school and this girl was like, your teeth are crooked. No, they're not. And she was like, yes, they are. And I was like, no, they're not in Jesus name. And she's like, yes, they are. I mean, we look crazy when we do things like that, right? Like that's, that's not quite what that scripture means. So, so those are just some really funny things when it comes to, to faith that, you know, some people had fallen into and we were those some people but I will tell you a really great great story regarding my mom that has impacted my life and still impacts my life today you know a real miracle moment that was just so significant and that was you know I said we we didn't have a whole lot growing up um, we really struggled guys you just, you just don't even know I, um, in Virginia, I was taken from my backyard when I was two and a half because we lived in a really rough, horrible neighborhood. And that's a whole miracle story in itself because my mom was able to find me miraculously. And then we had moved to Germany and we lived in a tiny apartment on top of a barn. And, you know, horses, cows, and manure. That's what we smelled, you know, where we, when we lived there. And then we moved to Michigan and 
just got better, we moved into an old funeral home in Michigan. That's where we lived. And um, that was a pretty interesting place. My, my dad had this really cool office in the garage with this huge counter and sink. Yeah. He would spend hours out there. And um, it's so funny because when you look back, when you're a kid, you just think those things are cool. But then when you look back, you go, oh, my gosh. I know what that was, you know, and um, you kind of see things a little differently. But we lived in that funeral home, and then we moved to Texas, and we thought, wow, Texas is going to be heaven for us. You guys, we lived in Dove Springs. Anybody know where Dove Springs is? <laughs> it's like one of the da most dangerous places in, in Austin. Like, it's not a safe place to live. I lived there my sixth and seventh grade year. I learned things. I got educated. I went to school there. I got educated in ways I should never have been educated. Like, it was rough. Um, and then we moved. Um, so I, I can literally say we, we, we lived on the wrong side of the tracks, because we did. And um, then we moved on the outskirts of Dove Springs, and I thought, wow, things are getting better. Things are looking up. But our house got broken into all the time, like all the time. Really cool story, though, is that... Um, one of the times our house got broken into, I had some jewelry. I'd worked at a jewelry store, and I had some gold bracelets, some gold earrings, some gold jewelry that was all stolen. I mean, my room was ransacked. Like, they had gone through my closet, everything. But on my dresser, I had a $100 bill that was my tithe, and I had something propped on it to save it for Sunday so I could give my tithe to the Lord. And y'all know they never saw it. Talk about a miracle moment. That was God's money. He said, you can take everything else, but you're not touching my money. I was like, oh, my God. I just was so blown away by that. But we didn't have a whole lot growing up. And my mom, through all of it, continued to tithe. She continued to give. Like, she didn't just tithe, guys. She's, she's the most generous person I've ever met. Like, she would have someone come over. Our pantry would be limited like what was in there. And I remember one time this lady came over with her child and she was really struggling. And my mom just starts taking food out of the pantry. And I'm standing there thinking, what are you doing? You know, we, we don't have that much. And we were five. I'm the oldest of five kids. And so she would give every time somebody needed something because she trusted that God was going to meet our needs. And, you know, we struggled for years, but our basic needs were always met. And sometimes it was by someone like you. Sometimes it was by somebody in the church. Many times it was by somebody in the church. And so I'm so grateful for that time. I'm so grateful for those stories. It's just amazing what God has done. Um, and then speed ahead a little bit. And I was 18, right? And... I was at a service where there was evangelists there speaking, and he was giving my mom a prophetic word. And he told her that God was so pleased with her faithfulness and how she had just continued to trust him even when it was like the most difficult of times. And he told her that God was going to give her everything her heart desired. And at that time, my mom was like, I just want a ranch. I want a duck pond. I want cows. And she would say all these things that she wanted and so he, he basically told her, God's given it all to you. Everything you've desired, he said, you're going to have. And I remember listening to that thinking, mm, 
I don't know how that's going to happen. And I remember looking over at my dad and thinking, you might want to save him first because I just, I can't see how that's going to work, you know, because my dad wasn't really a believer. He wasn't following the Lord. And I went home and then my dad left my mom and things got worse. Ever notice how God gives you a word and then sometimes it looks like it's really not going to happen? It's really impossible, right? That happens sometimes, but I think it's meant to encourage us and to just keep us holding on because he sees us and he knows what's coming. And so my dad left us and we were in worse off state than before. My mom ended up uh, going back to nursing school. She took online classes. She hadn't been a nurse in like 20 something years. So she had to renew her certificate so she could take care of us. I remember her coming to me one day and saying, Carrie, I don't know what we're going to do. We might end up on the street. And I thought, okay, that will be interesting. (laughs) And so, um, but God, once again, he just came through for us over and over and over again. And then my mom met my stepdad at the very nursing home she was at, he would come in and read the Bible to his mother, and she just fell in love with him. And guys, he had never been married, had never had any children, and he took my mom in, he took us five in and loved us, and he was just a wonderful man of God. And he had made some really amazing financial decisions in his life. And so what happened? Everything my mom desired, everything my mom wanted, she got. He had the same desires and wishes as her. And they had this ranch, a hundred acres and Giddings, um, with the cows and the miniature horses and the duck pond. And I remember just going, Oh my God, how amazing. And all because even in the difficult times, my mom continued to trust the Lord. She was always faithful. So amazing. Like no one can tell me that you can outgive God. You can't. You just can't. And so I've seen God do so many, many wonderful things in my family up to this day. Lots of things in the natural, like I said, but the most that has happened in my life has happened in the spirit realm. Things like um, a poverty spirit being broken over me and my family. You know, when you live in such lack for so long, you can, you can get a poverty mindset that God needs to break off of you. We had a spirit of rejection that just hovered over my family for years. My brothers and sisters and I, we fought flesh and blood for way too long, way too long. You know, the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and rulers and dark places. You know, he, he says that in Ephesians 612, our struggles not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, authorities, the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We finally had eyes to see what was happening. We finally quit looking at each other and blaming each other. And we realized there's a spirit of rejection hovering over our family and it's affecting everything we do. It's affecting our relationship. And so we took authority over that and it just broke so easily, so easily. But like I said, we, we just wrestled too long with it. And so I want to tell you today, if you're having communication breakdown, you're experiencing any kind of repetitive junk in your life, whatever it might be, 
It might just be a spirit that's just wreaking havoc on your family. And you need to ask Holy Spirit, what is this? Give it a name. Lord, what is this thing that keeps hindering my family? And take authority over it in Jesus' name and see what God is going to do. Freedom is so amazing. The freedom that God gives over these things is just worth it all. It's worth it all. Jesus will take the broken things of your life and turn it into something amazing. You just have to have faith. You know, these four steps might not guarantee a miracle moment for you, but it's a good place to lean into. God is looking for a people who want to partner with him in miracle moments because miracle moments reveal his glory and enlarge his kingdom. John 2, 11, what Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. You know, as we close today, I want to take a moment to pray for you, but before we do, I just don't want to pass by the greatest miracle moment of all, and that is asking Jesus into your life. You know, there's nothing more miraculous than when you say yes to Jesus. There's nothing that changes your world more than inviting him into your heart and life. And so before we move on, I want to give you an opportunity If you have never asked Jesus into your heart, if you've never said, I want you to be Lord of my life, I want this to be my first miracle moment, then I invite you to do that today. Is there anyone here that you would just raise your hand and say, today, I want this to be the beginning of more miracle moments in my life? If that's you, just raise your hand at me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Well, I'm just going to believe that everybody here knows Jesus, but there might be somebody online that does not. And so we want to give them an opportunity to know him today. So will y'all pray this prayer with me? And online, if you'll pray with us as well. Father, I choose to give my life to you. I ask you to forgive me, cleanse me. I surrender all. I ask you to come into my heart and be Lord of my life. Today, I give it all to you. In Jesus' name, amen.